Welcome to Cole Sports. You have entered the zone called sports on another level. And now, here's your host, Cole Johnson. Cole Sports! I am that man, your man, the illustrious tour guy, Cole Johnson. And on this episode, we're going to talk about a money knife football analyst. No more. Other NFL players just getting into deep trouble. Of course, we're going to go in on the Lakers. Talk real deep in baseball and upon further review. And of course, we're going to have the Dota of the Week. All of that is on tap. But for right now, let's get to the headlines. Dateline Dallas. Former tight end of the Cowboys, Jason Witten, is no longer former. Now, the current Monday Night Football analyst is now the former NF, MNF analyst. Witten just felt the call to go back onto the, uh, back onto the field after one year of missing the game, of feeling miserable and not playing. And I really feel good about Witten coming to the gridiron again because really he left and I think I felt it too. He left with a lot on the table. Now, he also says that he thinks that he can lead uh, the Cowboys to a push toward the championship. Yeah, you need to have some pieces that are together. And some may not come with you on that joint, on that journey. Dateline Major League Baseball. With the controversy of dealing with umpires not really being, I guess you could say, forthright and true in their calls. Major League Baseball is testing robot umpires, but they're not doing it in the major leagues. They're doing it in independent leagues. They want to see if regulated baseball umpiring can work. I will say this in all honesty. You can try it. You may like it, but you're not going to see it. Not anytime soon. Not this year. Not next year. Not next decade. Not the next century. <laughs> Unless human beings become extinct. You're not going to see robo umpires become a thing in Major League Baseball. Part of the part of the element that rules the game is human error. So you're not going to see it. Dateline East Rutherford. 23-year-old Swiss defenseman Mirko Mueller was unfortunately carted off on the ice on a stretcher. In a developing two-on-one on the offensive end, he attempted to finish off a pass around the net. But he got tangled up with uh, Flames forward Michael Frolic. Fortunately, they couldn't stop. They collided into the inboards with Frolic on top of him. Of course, he lay motionless for a few moments once the trainers came to tend to him. But he got up, and when he was on the stretcher, he, threw, he gave a thumbs up to the home crowd, and the fans chanted his name, and he yelled, and he yelled thank you to the crowd, and it looks like all things were well. Prayers, my friend. Go out to you, Mirko. I hope you heal fine. I hope that basically the injuries are minor and hope you get back on the ice. It's unfortunate that an incident that was basically harmless, it just in the floor of the game, caused that type of injury. I just hate I just hate that to happen. But you'll be back on the ice. Probably sooner rather than later. Dateline Quebec. Quote. People were yelling, you baboon. And telling my dad to go back home like we don't belong here. Close quote. What was that about? 
Well, this past weekend's game in the North American Hockey League, Jonathan Diabli, Jonathan Diabli of the Jonquia Marquise was sent to the penalty box. And upon that, a fan climbed onto the glass and began making monkey gestures and showing a picture of a monkey on his phone. The league has issued an apology to Diabli. The league has issued an apology to Diabli and his family and said in a statement, quote, the intolerance of difference is severely condemned by the league. Although hockey raises passion, it's important to remember that it's still a game. We hope that what happened is an isolated incident. Close quote. And the Montreal Canadiens added on to that as well in saying, quote, the Montreal Canadiens condemn any behavior that targets any player, coach, official, or fan based upon race, creed, or sexual orientation and mandates the immediate ejection of any person who commits such acts at our venues. All hockey programs should provide a safe, positive, and inclusive environment for players and families, regardless of race, religion, gender, or sexual orientation. Close quote. Now, for those who are unaware, the Canadians had for many years on their team one P.K. Subban, who now is on the Predators. And in the first game back from uh, from being away from the, the Canadians, Subban was received very well. In fact, I believe it was a five-minute standing ovation before they even got started with that game. But this shows that even though the NHL pushed Black History Month, we're in March now. And that type of thing just does not happen or should not happen. I should say it has no place. None. Zilch. Zero. So, yeah, the hockey in general has a long way to clean up its act. And hopefully they will, because there was an incident with the NHL where that happened, too. And I'm talking about last year. Dateline Fayette, Missouri. Antoinette Harris made history. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. We already have female athletes, tennis players, basketball players, even hockey players and soccer players. This this isn't history. Well, this is. Say hello to the first female skill position player to sign a letter of intent to play college football on a scholarship. The five foot seven safety was accepted to the university this past week. Now, you pretty much know her for a national commercial that she did during the Super Bowl that aired, it talked about highlight it the it highlighted her journey and Toyota was the sponsor for it. Now Harris was diagnosed with cancer in 2004, but it went into remission in 2015, and her goal is to play in the NFL, preferably for the Seahawks. In a Detroit Free Press, this is what she had to say. Quote I feel like I keep doing what I'm doing and keep having faith in God. I could keep paving the way for little girls everywhere. I believe I'm going to be the first female NFL player. But if it's just so happens that I'm not, I want to make sure that there's a way paid for the next little girl that can get there. Close quote. I've said this before and I'll say this again. If she can handle the rigors of practice between the chalk, just like a guy can. If she can handle getting smashed to the turf, just like a guy can, because a guy will get smashed to the turf. That's just a part of football. If she could do that and survive, then good. Let her. 
if she can make a team better, by all means. But the the climb is going to be steep and uphill. Dateline Denver. Demarius Thomas, former wide receiver for the Broncos and now former wide receiver for the Texans, turned himself in this past week. Why? Because he was doing a 70 in a 30, 70 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone. And how did they know this? Well, they know this because Thomas's car rolled over. And in the description of it, according to police, the car tumbled end over end before landing on its wheels. I am thankful that Demarius walked away from it. I'm glad that he was still alive from doing that. But good God, man, you're old enough to know that's reckless. You're 31. I mean, that's some reckless behavior. 70 and a 30? You're asking for trouble. And there's also some domestic dispute or violence charges that are alleged also in his uh, purview. So uh, it's like times are troubling for Demarius. Not saying that he's guilty of that. Just heard that there is some talk about him being sexually irresponsible with women. I hope that's not the case, though. Dateline CFL. Johnny Football of the Montreal Alouettes is no longer an Alouette. And why is that? Well, the general manager of the Alouettes, Cavus Reed, said in a statement by the team, quote, Johnny was provided a great deal of support by our organization in collaboration with the CFL, but he has been unable to abide by the terms of his agreement. We worked with the league and presented alternatives to Johnny, who was unwilling to proceed. Close quote. And what are the charges? Well, the charges are stemming that he convened the agreement, which made him eligible to play in the CFL. That convened, that's a fancy way of saying that he violated the terms of his ag- agreement. And the league, the league instructed Delaware to terminate his contract because of that. Johnny, trying to be classy, said this, quote, I want to thank Coach Sherman, my teammates, and the CFL fans my time there reestablished my love for the game of football and the work that goes to it. I look forward to exploring new options within the United States. Close quote. Well, son, I can tell you that uh, the opportunity that you're looking for, I doubt it will be NFL. Maybe the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, or the XFL. Now, you and Vince McMahon fit perfectly there. Oh, I'm so sorry. You can't play there. That's right, because... McMahon has a has an edict. No police record. Oh, that means that's one last place you could play. I'm so sorry, Johnny. AAF it is. Dateline Nashville. Former NBA All-Star Kenny Anderson, coaching his first season at Fisk, a university in Nashville, suffered a stroke. His wife Natasha said in a statement that the family is Quote, extremely grateful for all the prayers and love that we have received over the last few days. We appreciate you continuing to respect our privacy as Kenny heals. Close quote. Well, I will respect that wish of Natasha. Kenny, I pray that you heal, my brother. It's like what Jesus said, by stripes you're healed and that you'll recover quite nicely and you'll be just like you were before. So sorry that you suffered a stroke, but I'm happy that you have this to build on because you're going to be stronger. You're going to be better. And it's going to be as if you don't even smell like smoke. So my friend, 
You got this. You got this, Kenny. When I return, we're going to focus on a cowboy in Dolt of the Week, baseball, and upon further review. But a Laker is coming up next, or the Lakers. I'm about to go Sports now on Patreon. Thank you, VIP. This guy, (laughs) just at the center of it all, keeps being in our purview. One name, two words, LeBron James. Former Cavalier, former Heat, former Cavalier again. Now he's a current Laker. He has entered this month of March struggling, probably for the first time since 2005, in this manner. He's on a team that, quite frankly, is not so good. And I think he's feeling the heat. And because of that, Lakers fan have, Lakers fan has been <sighs> strange in their expectation. Because of that, I'm about to go this point if you're still allowing distractions to affect the way you play then this is the wrong franchise to be a part of and you should just come and be like i can't do this close quote that came from the three-time nba champion four-time mvp top five in the nba all-time scoring list mr lebron james and i hear those comments in my head and I'm thinking, where is your accountability? You know, where, where's your role in this? Where is, where is the, I'm the leader of this team and I got to put the team on my back and I'm not doing a good enough job leading my squad. Where's that? Is that anywhere to be found? Anywhere, anywhere. Show it to me. I don't care where it is. Just show it to me. No, it, it's, it's the other 11 players that you already knew was if deficient when you got on the squad. Eight months ago, when you signed on that dotted line to be a member of the Lakers, you already knew this team at its highest potential could sneak in the playoffs at its highest potential. Because you're talking about a team that without you and you now have gotten a chance to see how the team plays without you because you were injured and you sat on the sideline for more than one month. This team won. This team struggled to win 35 games. And the year before, they only won 17. So, you know, this team does not have the ability to be a playoff squad without you. Now, with you, 
and the haphazard effort that you're putting forth, especially especially on defense, they're not going to go to playoffs either. There was a stretch I saw when you all played the Grizzlies in Memphis, an L that you took, by the way. The Grizzlies gathered four offensive rebounds. Not one, not two, not three. Four offensive rebounds before they put the fourth rebound back in the hole. And what did you do? You slid maybe up and down from the baseline to the top of the key slowly. Did not box off for a rebound. Did not shut down defender when they drove into the lane. Didn't help out on defense. No, just no effort. So if they're going to follow your lead, I think I believe the team is. Because you, my friend, are showing disinterest. And that should not fly. Now, that's LeBron. Now I'm going to direct my attention to Lakers fans. Did you all think that when LeBron was going to saddle himself with the purple and gold, that this meant an automatic trip to the finals? When you all heard Stephen A. Smith talk about back in September and October that the Lakers were going to go to the Western Conference Finals unless they met up with the Warriors any time before then, that you all were saying, yeah, this is our ticket back. This is 2010 again, or 2011 even. Did you all really think that you had a chance in a conference that has the Nuggets, the Blazers, the Thunder, the Clippers, the Spurs, and the Rockets? That's six teams right there. I haven't even mentioned the Warriors. That you all actually had a chance to be one of the top four teams in the conference? Let me give you a prime example of how hard it is to be one of the elite teams in the Western Conference right now. James Harden of the Rockets, who's averaging 37-7-8 on the season, is leading his team to a fifth C. That's how hard it is to be an elite team in the West. So yeah, you all were happy and excited and threw the talcum powder in the air. You all were excited because you all were thinking, oh yes, Lakers are going to be back in the playoffs again and go deep in the playoffs. Now I'm on record as saying I think they'll make it. But I think they'll make it as a seven or an eight seed and they're going to get completely trounced in the first round by whoever they play. More than likely, it would be either the Nuggets or the Warriors. But this team has proven from the jump this is not a primetime ready squad. Now, yeah, you probably say to me, but Cole, you saw what they did to the Warriors. They put them, they gave them the business on Christmas night. Yeah, they did. Okay, yeah, they did. The Warriors in your play, uh, and it was at their place. Well, yeah, well, the Warriors put in that business and put in that work at your place. So how's that for you? This team is no good. And and people are <laughs> people were saying about the the Anthony Davis deal that wasn't that the Pelicans were stupid to not get those players in exchange for Anthony Davis. That they would have that and two first round draft picks. They were stupid to turn that down. This should tell you right there that Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma all together they are not as enticing as you would think. Because as I said earlier, as I said before, and I've said this on another another broadcast of Cold Sports, in fact, uh, the Dole of the Week being Magic Johnson episode, I said then, and I'll say it now, the Lakers don't have the horses. We've seen this act already. We saw it in L.A. What makes you think we want to repeat the same thing in New Orleans? Because the same thing will happen because Julius Randle is there now. We'd see the same thing. We'll see the same miscues. We'll see the same chemistry problems. We'll still see a team that is too immature to really be playoff ready, playoff caliber. No, no, they're not. 
as good as you think they are. That deal was not as good as you think it was. Because let's face it, Lakers fan, your team sucks. I say that with LeBron James, your team is putrid. And you can lay it at the feet of Magic Johnson. You can lay it at the feet of Luke Walton. You can lay it at the feet of LeBron. And many of you have. Many of you said that this is all LeBron's fault. No, it's not. This is Magic's fault. No, it's not. This is Walton's fault. Quite frankly, no, it's not. It's, it's not any of their faults. It's the fault of the regime that Magic replaced. Because it's for the exception of Ball, all of those that, that, that you've seen, that <laughs> that was Jim Buss. All Magic has been doing is cleaning the mess that, that Buss le- that <laughs> made for him so that they can do something. But since it's not a trip to June's finals, because you have supposedly the best player on the planet, it all goes to naught. I'm sorry for that, and I'm sorry for you, but truth of the matter is simple. The team sucks, and it has nothing to do with LeBron James. has nothing to do with the, the, the coaching. has nothing to do with the front office of now. has everything, everything to do with the front office of the past because they were all about, well, let's, let's get the money that we can get, send Kobe off the right way, and then we'll deal with rebuilding after that. And Lakers fan is finding out that rebuilding your team is a difficult task altogether, isn't it? And the funny thing is, this team is better this year than it was last year. But you're saying that it sucks. You're saying that it, it, the team is going nowhere. You're saying that, and I've actually heard one Lakers fan say this this season's worse than the two seasons preceding it. I'm like, no, sir. You all have a chance to be in the playoffs this year. You all couldn't sniff it the two years prior. No, no. LeBron is doing what he is supposed to do. He's bringing you as close to the playoffs as he can bring you. Now the question is. Can the players around him collectively bring up their level to join him? And can LeBron bring up his level? Because that too is missing in the equation. He's playing like they're going through the motions. The rest of the players are playing like they're going through the motions. And quite frankly, Lakers fan, you're in Staples Center cheering like you all are going through the motions too. Admit it. The team is horrible. The team is bad. And the team is not as quality as you think they are. You may have a couple of other pieces besides LeBron James that's decent but playoff caliber no no and with the way that lebron has been playing as of late you are certainly not playoff caliber because if a team younger than you in the kings can play better than you guys then that totally means that the lakers are further away than you all think and so no lakers fan it's not lebron's fault although he has to be culpable for the play on the field and on the court It's not the front office of the present's fault. It's not the coaching fault. It's the front office of the past. Remember, you all had Timothy Mozgov and Luol Dang on your squad. And you all finally have rid of yourselves those contracts. Your squad's better. Now, are they playoff caliber? Maybe not. But they are better. Because, hey, you could be like how you were last March. And instead of being maybe three games away from the eight seed, you could be ten. Either way you look at it, celebrate that your team is better. And cheer like crazy that they can make a playoff push. But stop pointing the finger at the wrong area. Your front office put you in this position. Now let the current front office try to get you out of it. And if they can't, then point the finger at Magic. But until then, y'all are still rebuilding and you have to understand what rebuilding looks like. Rebuilding is not automatic trip to the finals. Rebuilding hurts because it's growing pains that go along with the guys that's on the squad that have to learn how to play playoff basketball. Because, yes, you got Stevenson, you got JaVale McGee, 
along with LeBron, who have seen the playoffs, and Rondo. But the nucleus who needs to be there, Ingram, Kuzma, and Ball, those are the ones you need to step up. You all have now played four and a half months. They haven't yet. They have two degrees, but not collectively. Let's start there. Let's build from that. But be happy with the fact that you all are much better off now than you were two years ago and last year. By a country mile. When I come back, the star does it again. Told that the week time is next. You've tuned into the classy sports show on the planet. Cole Sport! From the vault, a look back at a key moment in sports history. March 3rd, 1989. The nucleus of the 1986 Mets became unglued as first baseman Keith Hernandez and right fielder Daryl Strawberry nearly came to blows in front of reporters at spring training. TV crews were filming the Mets posing for a yearbook photo when the two got to a shouting match. Strawberry was restrained by Dwight Gooden and Bob Ojeda. Hernandez was held back by catcher Gary Carter and Randy Myers. In the event, Strawberry told Hernandez, quote, I've been tired of you for years. Close quote. Well, since then, Hernandez has gone on to a successful career as a color analyst for the Major League Baseball Network. As for Daryl Strawberry, he is now a pastor preaching the gospel to all the ends of the earth do they have resentment today who knows but on this date the two big time stars did Keith Hernandez and Daryl Strawberry almost threw fisticuffs at spring training on this date from the vault brought to you by Cole Sports Johnson here. Let's stop the stepping and get to the business. Don't of the week. Don't of the week. Sponsored. 
sponsored by nobody, but we're still going to give it to you straight with no chaser. The winner of this episode's Dolt of the Week is... Dallas Cowboys defensive end, Randy Gregory. Why is he on this list? Should I even ask upon the mere mention of that name? I'll give him props. He had a career-high six sacks last year for the Cowboys. He was on the road back because he's been in hot water before. But he's on this list because he has been suspended indefinitely for violating the NFL's substance abuse policy again. Yeah, he already sat out all of 2017 for the same infraction. So he does it again. And now the team's on a lurch. They don't know what to do on this situation. Gregory's attorney, Daniel Moskowitz, is pretty much in cleanup mode. You can tell by this statement. Quote, The expectation for Randy is the exact same, to get him back on the field playing as soon as possible. Our personal confidence in him has not wavered. This is about more than football. We appreciate the public recognizing this is a private matter and thank the Jones family and Cowboys for their continued support. Close quote. Sir, this is not a private matter. Email. Randy Gregory, CC, Cowboys fan, subject of email, wake up, body of email. Look, son, let's throw the pigskin away. Let's throw the pads away. Let's throw the helmet away. Forget that you play for the Cowboys. This has been a problem for you ever since the combine. You weren't even drafted by the Cowboys yet. And you had a substance abuse policy problem. Now you've been in the league a few years and now you still can't shake it. Find yourself another crew. Find yourself another set of friends. Find yourself a set of people who won't put your life in jeopardy. You are in your mid-20s now. You're not in your young 20s when you got into the league, when you were 21, 22. You're in your mid-20s now. You got a little taste of the league. You, you are on the road. You are on the road still in setting your family up for life, man. Why do you want to put it all in jeopardy? Because you can't put the weed down. What is so hard about looking at a substance and saying, I can't participate in it because this is going to mess my job up. What's so difficult about that? I I, I seriously do not get it. I, I want to believe me. I want to get it. I want to understand it. I want to fully, wholeheartedly be at one with this. But I can't because I have a job myself. And if I were to jeopardize it by being high or drunk all the time, why would they want to keep me on the job? And I keep thinking this with you all. Why would you want to, why would you want to put a substance that you can't in the NFL? You can't smoke. It's clear as crystal. You can't do it. You get tested for it. And don't give me this crap about, well, it's legal in other states of the union. Fine. Yes. But for your employer, it's not. With me, with my employer, it's not. It's not okay for me to blaze up. So you know what I do? I don't blaze up. It's just that simple. What is so hard about putting down the joint 
or putting down the bong. What is so difficult about that? You're making seven figures a year doing something that you probably have done ever since you were eight, nine, ten. And for the pre and for the the 12 years that followed, you didn't get paid for it. Well, I should say you didn't get paid above the table for it. Now you're getting paid to do the same thing that you did as a child and you cannot put the marijuana stick down for whatever reason. And I don't give a crap if people are going to say to me that I am a, and a fuddy duddy and stuck in the mud. Fine. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll own that until they throw dirt in my face and after that. But he belongs in a league where you cannot smoke cannabis. Period. You can't do it. And if you do, you will sit on the sideline. You did it once. You already sat your four games. You did it twice because you already sat out one year. Now you're doing it the third time. And the NFL has that foot squarely behind your behind to shove you out of the shield's door. Is this what you want, son? Is this what you want? To be out in, 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 in Joe Blower and Jane Blow America after squandering the opportunity to earn millions of dollars and stack it aside because you're at home smoking that weed and feeling fine. Roll up those J's with the fat A dime. You just at home with that. Wake up, son. There's more to life than smoking your life away. Don't smoke it away, son. You have a purpose on this planet. Don't be another one of those cautionary tales. Don't be like uh, don't be like another Lawrence Phillips or a Jamarcus Russell. Not saying that you are a bust per se, but I'm saying potential or even a Vince Young potential going to waste. And Vince Young wasn't busted for st- uh, for substance abuse. It just was a situation where he didn't grow in his career and his position. And the same things that he did at 20 and 21, he couldn't do at 26 and 27. That's where you are, son. And you weren't supposed to do the things that you did that you did back in 2021 and now. But you know what? Fine. If you are content and intent on smoking, that's wonderful. Because quite frankly, my friend, if Gerald Jones is not amendable to having you on the squad, you, my friend, you probably are smoking right now. But you have just now smote your way out of the NFL. And you are an influence because Irving is along with you doing the same thing. So let's do the right thing, my friend. Let's do the right thing. Put the Buddha down. Pick up sobriety and earn that money so that your family can be set for the rest of their lives. Not curl your hands to a joint. Cole Johnson. Cole Sports. Cold Sports with a Z dot com. When I come back, the biggest contract in North American sports history has been signed. Upon further review, is next. Perfect. Can't get enough of Cold Sports. Well, there's more to love. Go to patreon.com forward slash Cold Sports with a Z.
and you'll hear more exclusive material from the brand. Thank you, VIP. false accusers when it comes to rape and football players are these isolated incidents or is this a trend that we have not noticed until now that's it upon further review we're of course going to go in on the subject do a dealt of the week and of course we're going to hit you with from the vault and other news and thank you once again to those who have tuned in to the VIP honors it was a success thank you so much and I owe it all to you and the individuals that I said in last week's episode who participated along with me thank you thank you thank you VIP it is because of you that this show is celebrating year number four right now we're going to keep the celebration going that's all in the past and in the future but I'm dealing with the present and speaking of present, boy, did Bryce Harper receive one. Woo! <laughs> the free agency for him is over. And I'm going to talk about what it means in upon further review. Former Nationals right fielder Bryce Harper. We all thought he was going to be a Dodger. We all thought he was going to be a Cub. We all thought he was going to be a Giant. In fact, I went on Voices from the Underground and said that I thought that Harper was going to be a Cub or a Dodger. It looks like I was wrong. Because Bryce Harper agreed to a 13-year, yes, 13-1-3, 13-year $330 million. It is the biggest overall free agent contract in not just Major League Baseball history, but in North American sports history. Now, this particular deal, it surpasses Machado's 10-year, $300 million contract he signed last week with the Padres. And this surpasses the 13-year, $325 million extension that Giancarlo Stanton received with the Marlins in 2015 that the Yankees are now paying on to this moment. But it means more than just that. In fact, certain details were intriguing, like one of them. There is a no-trade clause. I mean, there is no no-trade clause. And normally, normally, players who receive this much in, in money, they normally would, would have that in their contract because they want to have as much control as they can get in maneuvering from one place to another. And if they can, that's good. If not, well, that's dangerous because they experienced the contract before the one that gave them some autonomy as to what to do in their career. For example, Carmelo Anthony, who had a no trade clause in his contract and utilized it once with the Knicks and gave the permission okay to the Thunder in trading him. Well, Harper doesn't have that. That is what I find amazing to me. Just that one alone. Just that that part alone. Now, along with all of that, 
there was speculation that he received a deal from the Cubs. No, sorry. There's speculation that he wanted to be with the Cubs, but it just never materialized. There was speculation that the Dodgers were going to slide a similar contract that Machado received. A 10-year, $300 million contract, but nothing materialized there. The Giants supposedly slid a 10-year, $315 million contract his way, but no dice. And the Nationals wanted to keep him on, allegedly, for 10 years, $300 million. All of those contracts were turned down in lieu of this one. Now, Harper's 26. By the time this contract's over, Harper will be in the twilight of his career if he is still healthy enough to participate in it, because then he would have already played 18 years. So I guess you could say at 39, this would be, this here would be his last contract. And many would probably ask, you know full well that Bryce Harper is going to probably top out at some point and decline. So who is going to be worth that contract, say year eight, nine, ten of it? And I think here's a deal that people forget about contracts. Normally, those types of contracts, it is half, or I should say it's one third what they project they could be. One third their value currently and one third what money they can bring to the organization themselves. Like how many fans, more fans can we bring in to turn to turnstiles because of this guy? How many more viewers can we get to watch our, our, our games because of this guy? How much money can he generate us because of the presence of this guy? Those things. And they're all equal. Harbor has been talked about ever since he became a national. And I'm talking about minor leagues much less at 19 when he became the youngest position player in Major League Baseball history. He became the darling of the Nationals and the darling of, of Major League Baseball with his rough, gruff style of telling it like it is type of rhetoric. But he's drawn some ire of some Major League Baseball fans. He has it with me because my stance has been, is, always will be. A player is worth what an ownership group is willing to put on the table. So if an ownership group is willing to put forth on the table that this guy's worth $330 million over 13 years. I just applaud. Good. I'm glad he's got his money. Hopefully he can live up to that contract. More than likely he won't. And I'm not saying that he won't because of year one. I'm saying he probably won't because of years 10, 11, 12, and 13. Unless they have it structured to where he's going to earn less and less and less as the years go forward. More than likely with these contracts, that is not how it works. But it's great. It's great that he has this deal. Now, what do I see with this deal? I see jealousy and envy. Not so much with Major Baseball players. Some there, but not so much there. I'm talking about NFL players who they have the worst labor union in all of America, in all of North American sports. The worst union. I'll put it to you this way. The NCAA has a better union and they don't have one. That's how bad the NFL Players Association is as a labor group. Now, when the NBA players were getting their five-year, $150 million contracts back in 2016. You saw some players, now former player Daniel Williams, openly say, why can't we get these contracts? Why, uh, you know, how can we, how come basketball players can get $30 million a year, but we can get broken off that much? Well, thank your group. Remember, you, <laughs> remember, you all were earning 60% of the revenue before the last collective bargaining agreement and before the last lockout. That the owners said the lock the lockout the owners were like <laughs> man these players get paid too much f that we're gonna lock the doors to this house until we get the fair share that we think we're supposed to get and they got more than their fair share because now players only get forty seven percent of the revenue of the league 
That means you all get handicapped when it comes to signing contracts. Conversely, Major League Baseball's union, the strongest in North American sports. That's why I've always said, if there's a choice monetarily between any of the any of the four professional sports that you have here that you can earn millions of dollars from, because in soccer you can't really earn um, you can't really earn seven figures on American soil yet. But between football, basketball, baseball, and hockey, the four sports where you can in the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and NFL can earn at least a million or more than that a year. The longest money is baseball, and it's not even close. The NBA is getting longer in their money, but it's not even close. It's not even close. So this is where the labor unions of the other three sports, NHL, NBA, NFL, this is where you have to take notes from Major League Baseball. You see, you remember those years where the, the players were willing to strike, and they did, and they <laughs> and they struck in probably one of the best years that ever existed, 1994, to the point where it's like, okay, we stand on this principle to the point where we will not even play a World Series. And they didn't. They risked being called all sorts of names from fans. They risked being called greedy. They risked being called selfish. And look at where the league is now. 25 years later. You can have not one, but two players sign 10 plus years, 300 plus million dollar contracts. Not one, two. And you already have one who signed an extension for that much. That is how long the money is in baseball. So this is what is going to happen. The labor unions and the other three leagues, they're going to have to get together and they're going to have to take studious notes, copious notes as to how Major League Baseball got to where their unions, their union players, their union reps give the players exactly what they want. Long term security, money to make them wealthy. The NBA is getting there, but quite frankly, Major League Baseball has had a decades long head start. The NHL is actually better in labor. Than the NFL is. The problem with the NHL is they just simply, <laughs> as a league, they're hurting for money. Maybe not as much now as they were mm, ten years ago, but they're you know they're finally digging out of financial ruin. You know the league, the NHL is basically how the NBA was back in what eighty eighty one, where they saw the promise of the league, but they were still digging themselves out of financial debt. That's what the NHL is. Their union is better than the, than the NFL's. So if you want to get those types of contracts, if you want to be the Bryce Harpers of the world, but do it in football, don't just resign to the fact that you have to be quarterback and that's it. No, fight for your right. And if you really do feel and you really do deem it necessary that you can get those types of contracts, fight until you get them. You've gone on strike before. 32 years ago, you went on strike. And if you got to do it again, fine, do it again. But don't. Let me use a Stephen A. Smith word. Capitulate to what the NFL owners want. If you want more money and you feel as though the owners have it to give, fight for it. That's what the basic baseball players did. And look at them now. You all could do the same thing because in two years, you all will be at the bargaining table again. So you got your chance. Just don't blow it. So what does the $330 million man mean to sports? It means that if an ownership group has enough of that type of money to pay a player, they should tell you how much they earn a year. Because that's a lot of money to get for a player. That means they earn a lot of money as you walk through the turnstiles. Congratulations to Bryce Harper. Congratulations to Manny Machado as well. You all entering your primes. And you all are going to be entering your primes with a chance to be wealthy men.
I can't hate on you for that. And I'm not going to try right now. If you happen to like this episode or any episode you've heard thus far, hit the subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button. Subscribe to Cold Sports with a Z dot com. You want to reach me through email. You want to say it with your chest. You want to hear guest appearances that I have had on other programs. You just simply want to reach out to me through the VIP room. You want to hear how this voice sounds on other products. Or if you want to hear this voice on your product, all you have to do is go on this ColdSportsWithAZ.com. ColdSportsWithAZ.com. That's ColdSportsWithAZ.com. And I only ask for three simple things. Love your neighbors yourself along with loving yourself with all your heart, mind, and spirit. Tell a friend to tell a friend about this particular program as it continues to grow and enjoy the content. For the Intelligent Sportsman, I am Cole Johnson, and this is... You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.